Okay, go. Boom. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. 19. Yeah, it's COVID-19. That's uh, COVID-19 handshake. Yes. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. He came out that. Hey, good morning. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday at 9 a.m. And uh, I have uh, a really special guest uh, this morning. Um, he's been in a business for uh, a long time. He's also the founding uh, or the founder of the Boca Raton Investment Club, also known as Brick. He is a realtor at the Signature Real Estate Company. And uh, welcome, David Dweck. Thank you very much, David. And thank you, Rebecca, too, for being here. And, You're welcome. Uh, oh, thanks again. We, we, have, we have an amazing, first of all, you know, Thanks a latte. Oh, thank you. You're welcome, latte. Air, uh, air, 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 Remember tribe, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the Easter too. Yeah, exactly. It's UPC, right? Exactly. So, um, you know, you're one of the few guys that actually come prepared with props. It's pretty mm. cool. Uh, and, you know, as we're getting into this, you know, it's... You know, people want to talk about COVID-19. They want to talk about, um, you know, how it affects the real estate market. You know, David Dweck is a landlord. You know, or landlord. Um, he's an investor, uh, a realtor. Um, he's got a, a sheet of uh, titles, you know, uh, chief uh, operating uh, officer of the landlord. No. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're, we have a really great show coming up because we're going to talk about how it affects landlords, how it affects tenants how COVID-19 affects the real estate market, what opportunities may arise uh, out of this, um, you know, how you get better, um, you know, going out as you did in. So uh, let's let's get to it and let's talk about how COVID-19 has really uh, affected uh, the real estate market. Sounds good. Well, let's rewind back sure. to uh, where you just said you probably didn't even realize it, prepare. And uh, the great Dr. John Maxwell, who I'm a fan of, when I was fortunate enough to share the stage with him and speak in Atlanta, he had a great saying, it's better to prepare than repair. Now, frankly, we were not prepared for COVID-19. We were not. So we had to go into a different mode to try and be, you know, this is for right now, the temporary, as I call it, the temporary new normal. But as I navigate these waters along with you, and a shout out to you as a, as a community leader and as leader of REMAX. I was, as you know, back in 1994, I joined uh, REMAX and I was a REMAX agent for some time. And I, you know, have a lot of friends in the, you know, that are REMAX uh, agents. Uh, and um, we're a community. And the community is coming together. And a lot of it begins with your mindset. And being proactive in this time and navigating these uh, rough waters. Now, I'm just gonna mention, I'm gonna do a broad brush because I do have a lot of disciplines all within real estate. So, you know, uh, I have multiple streams of income but they're all in real estate. And I've learned to stay in my lane. So I'm staying <laughs> in my lane. So I'm gonna talk about a landlord story. Sure. Two weeks ago yesterday, I closed on a purchase I bought it from a former Remax guy, Joe Fisher, who retired. Oh, no, Joe. Oh, okay. I bought one of his properties. I actually headed on one of my bus trips, and I said to the crowd on the bus trip, if nobody's going to buy this, I'm buying it. I bought it. I closed two weeks ago Monday. I put it on the MLS Tuesday, and Wednesday at 4.30, I met the tenant first last in security. We screened him, and we moved him in. Now, that just goes to show you, David, that business is being done. Sure. 
Now, not all business, obviously. There's a lot, a lot of pain, but I'm, I'm going to talk about that later. Let's just stick to um, the real estate market. You know what's interesting is, and, and I didn't mean to cut you off, the, the great thing about real, the real estate business now, when you look at the actual real estate business, so you have only serious buyers, qualified serious buyers are one and one. You don't have the right. lucky blues and the people just no. you know, going to see the houses on a, on a weekend because they have nothing better to do. So they're serious, they're qualified. They're only going to want to see two, three houses because there's a safety concern and such. Sure. And they don't want to, you know, um, you know, uh, and actually there might not be enough houses to show them anyway because some sellers are taken off the market. So you got a buyer that, you know, only serious, qualified, ready to buy. You can have less competition. You have less realtors when we get out of this. Correct. You know, um, not everyone can, you know, uh, sustain, you know, what's coming. Um, and the sellers are not going to be testing the market. They're going to want to sell. And, and you know, That's it's going to be pricing it correctly. So you really have an amazing real estate market as we go forward. Correct. Now. I'm also focusing strictly on South Florida because that's what I know. Absolutely, me too. So this may not apply elsewhere. In fact, at the light of the end of the tunnel, I always like to say this, the light at the end of the tunnel is not a train coming. Because I'll tell you, the people in the tri-state area, they can't wait to get there. <laughs> uh, they couldn't wait before. Right. Now, and, you know, <laughs> Governor DeSantis shut the border, and rightfully so, because we have to focus on making sure we flatten the curve here. So let's get back to landlording. And... You remember the? Uh, no, I, remember that? <laughs> I don't know why this came into my head. But the advertisement um, for Mervins? No. Um, you remember? Really open, dated himself. Oh, I know. Way, way dated. Wow. Open, like I remember the. Like I remember it. Like yesterday. It's like really. Yeah. It was like what these line of people, and it's it was open, open, open. You know, and that, that's like the New Jersey, New York, Northeast. They're like oh, wanted to come into the border. Yeah. Open, open. <laughs> please open. All right, well, well, All right, I'm we'll, 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 that'll happen down the road. So let's, let's, um, um, let's go look at different buckets within real estate. It has been critically important for me to stay in touch with people and get a pulse of what's going on. So I want to go into that a little bit and share, you know, you mentioned Ben Schachter. Ben wrote millions and millions of dollars worth of business a week or two ago, whenever it was, and, uh, and talked about it, and I think that's great. Title agents, uh, whether it's uh, my friends at Independence Title, Sure America Title, um, I spoke to Spencer Siegel. I spoke to, uh, well, I know Greg Gethin's doing business. Now, are they doing the normal amount of business? Nobody is. Business is not at the level it was, but we are doing business. Um, I've spoken to mortgage professionals, I've spoken to realtors, I've spoken to other investors. Now, what's interesting is if you rewind to about a year ago, a lot of people went into an all-cash position. A lot of people that thought the stock market was going to tank or as it started to tank, pulled out their money and they're going to buy real estate. At the end of the day, Real estate is a tangible asset. If you buy right and you know you make money when you buy, then it is much more difficult to get hurt. Let's rewind even further. By the way, I bought a house from you. <laughs> One of your listings, it was August of 2014. Right. And uh, in the Cottage District in Boynton Beach for 55000 give or take. 
Yeah. Those were the days. I should have bought that. Yeah. <laughs> should have, could have, would have. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I was like, actually, I we almost Burn did it. it. <laughs> so, we almost broke. Um, but let me tell you some other transactions that I've been involved with. And uh, I brokered a commercial warehouse. Now, the guy I brokered it to, if he's watching, good morning, professor. He'll be 92 June 12th. And after 15 years, his landlord doubled his rent. So you know what I said? Your landlord, who does that to a 15-year tenant that's celebrating 92? So I moved him yesterday. I did a mitzvah and changed his locks for him. Uh, I helped move his car. He's a car guy like me. Um, and by the way, as an aside, I do as much as possible to keep my day as normal as possible. So originally, I sent my staff home. And then a week ago Monday, I'm in the office, and the phones are ringing, emails are coming. I call them up, I said, come in. We practice distance, they each have their own area, and we don't let people into the office. We let the FedEx guy in, whatever, he puts the stuff on the counter, that's it. So we are you know, doing a lot of Zoom meetings like everybody else. Whatever it takes to function and to do business, adjust your head to make sure that you're in the right space Oh, my, business. My and the other thing is, like whether I'm talking to people like Marshall Sklar, uh, others within the industry, uh, we're, we're sharing a lot of information. And you know what I love about this business? I love referrals. And I love being able to refer to people. Um, and you learn from them. And, you know, uh, like you guys are the next gen of people who are going to really kick serious ass in the business. And... I respect that, and I want to always be learning. You always got to, you know, always gotta you learn. know there's, there's earn and learn. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the amazing part of, of this is, you know, you, you know, unfortunately, you need events like this to, uh, you know, bring you back to, uh, you know, ground yourself a little bit and, and, and show you some perspective. And, you know, I can tell you the real estate community um, as a whole has reached out to consumers has reached out to buyers, sellers, yes. even people that aren't, you know, don't ever, you know, wouldn't have a real estate need for 10 years. You know, they're speaking and they're seeing how they're doing and how you're managing. And, you know, I have a friend and, and a client that, uh, you know, she uh, started this whole um, kind of movement to uh, bring lunches to the nurses and doctors on, on the front lines, mostly the nurses. Nice. But, you know, I mean, you know, you look at that stuff and, and, and out of great tragedy or great crisis comes great opportunity, but not just great opportunity, it's usually the character of the people, right? Yeah, great, great humanity. 100%. So there was a full page ad in the Wall Street Journal to tag on to that uh, yesterday, and it started with all caps bold, HOME, uh, a word that today takes on a whole new meaning. And then they close with a sanctuary, a haven, a place where we will weather a storm that like many others shall also pass, and then hashtag stay home. So the real estate, the real estate community as a whole is, you know, really taken on a lot of um, responsibility, and rightfully so. And it's really good that within our network of people, we do good things. I make sure on a personal level, see what I can do to help somebody, or at least call somebody every day. So tonight, I mentioned my friend Art Polachek. It's his wife's birthday. Glory, if you're watching, happy birthday. Um, Happy birthday. They, they were going to go out, and, and they usually go to the gazebo to have dinner on their birthday. Well, the gazebo is closed. I said, find a restaurant, and I'll go pick up the meal, because he was going to go pick up the meal. He's going to be 92. What are you doing driving? 
So, exactly. Don't be a schmuck. And, uh, Love love is good. Yeah, so uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to pick them up at dinner at Seasons 52 and put mm. it on their doorstep. Mm. So whatever kind of little mitzvah you could do is great. Now, I want to also talk about um, my rental assistance agreement before I forget to mention it because I did this. And, you know, tomorrow's the first. Rent's due. So I'm holding it. Uh, and, and everyone's going to pay the landlords. Of course! Yes! Yes! You haven't got to receive any phone calls that you're going to date my rent, are you? Right. Now, I'm just going to tell you, let's rewind back to 08, okay? Right. If you think you're going to skip out on a mortgage payment or a rent payment, you're mistaken. Right. Now, for all the big, you know, for all the big-ass landlords in the commercial space, that's a whole nother ballgame. And that, you know, I'm not going to go into that here because of lack of time. And I want to focus on small landlords. Um, that are local, and I did a rental assistance agreement that said for the, those who need it, like I have one one tenant, she works for Publix, she's employed, pay your rent, right. okay? I, I say this, and I'm not trying to sound cold and calculating, I used to say I'm a firm but fair landlord, I'm firm. The charity work I do is charity work, but this is a business. So the terms of this agreement are very simple. Your April rent is deferred. You have till the end of May to pay it. Now, this can change. I can renegotiate this subject to the market conditions. Um, I drew this up two weeks ago. I got it blessed by a uh, local landlord and attorney who I'll shout out to. So, uh, uh, Jaron Kelly blessed this agreement, and he's a local Boca landlord and eviction attorney. Um, and uh, there's not going to be any late fee involved, so just pay your rent. And if you have special circumstances, I'll work with you. But it's very important. And especially to young people that are so much like this, communicate. Pick up the damn phone and let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Tell me what's going on. I'm empathetic. In life, we have to be empathetic, whether it's in business or personal. Sure. Empathy, now more than ever, is such a meaningful word. Empathy and gratitude. Yeah, don't be a coward. Right. You know, don't, don't run from your problems. No. Don't run from your, uh, your confrontations. And, you, know, um, you know, pick up, you know, because people want to be communicated with. Yeah, you know, it, you know, especially as a landlord, you know, you're going to speculate that this person's trying to skip rent. That's amazing. What's that? Oh, That's yeah, so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, I have a management company and they shut down all the amenities. So I'm like, can I get a percentage off? Right. Because like, right. we're not using any of the amenities right. and that's what we're paying for. So. Yeah, well, again, down and, you know, and you're, you're going to have a lot of, think about the country clubs. Right. You yeah. know, they're paying country clubs dues that they're not, facilities that they're not using. But then, okay, then you hurt the entire community. Yeah. And so, like, they're still paying their employees. So if you take all the money out of the kitty, you know, then all the employees get laid off. So when you do are when you are ready to go back, you have no employees. And, and, the, and, the, and, and the clubs that have kept their employees happy and made their staff happy are going to be better for it when they come out of this. Yeah, and if people are, you know, on the selfish side... This is not the time for that. No, it, it really is. I mean, listen, you know, not all landlords. I mean, you know, there are a lot of landlords that just, I mean, they can't afford to not have income coming in. Like, right. it's not it's not even a matter of, you know, wanting to or not wanting to. It's a matter of can't. Right. So then there's got to be, figure out assistance for the landlord if the tenants aren't paying in. It's, you know, it's, um... It's unfortunately a, uh, a harsh reminder in that we do need to prepare, not just 
prepare uh, in our mindset, but prepare financially and have a kind of a reserve well, uh, for issues. Very, very true. That rainy day fund, if you're an investor, you, you must have that. And I'll give you an example. So, so let's well, talk about the rainy day fund, all right? Well, I'm going to get into okay. it. I want to okay. get into that. I was leading right into that because, okay. for instance, um, I wasn't a condo flipper until I was able to get some good deals on condos. And so I'll shout out to the city of Pompano that really has upped their games. And if you've never gone to Oceanic or Beach House, take a drive down and, and go. Yeah, they've done some great things down there. They have. So I bought two condos on the middle of renovating. One is literally was going on the market when they literally shut the building down. You can't bring realtors. You can't bring contractors. You can't bring, we had, we were waiting for our final inspection. Told the city can't come in, can't inspect. So that's frozen, that's on hold. Uh, now you have, you still have to pay your condo fees and on the ocean, you know, that could be 800, 1,000, 1,200, whatever it is. You still have to pay if you have a hard money loan, you know, you're gonna still have to pay your hard money loan. They're not federally mandated. You have to pay your insurance, all this, nothing stops. So you must, if you're in the flipping business, you have to have a rainy day fund, especially for times like this. How much is your rainy day fund? Like when you're looking at, all right, you know, I'm getting an investment. I have two, three investments or four investments. What have you? Well, here's the deal. When I, I've underwritten, you know, hundreds of million dollars of dollars worth of loans. And I say, you have to have the three C's. You have to have the money to close it, carry it and construct it. Now, how, what do you have to have to carry it? You need a five month slush fund. Now, if you have a number of properties, multiply that because that will get you through. Now, it, again, the flipping business is very cash intensive. You know, you hear the sucking sound out of your bank account. <laughs> and that's why I always say, you know, hey, get your Home Depot, get your lowest credit cards, um, get credit cards with high, you know, high limits so you can float your business if you're doing a lot of inventory. But I learned a valuable lesson 20 years ago when I had 20 houses in inventory, I said, I'll never do anything again. Um, because when you have that many houses in inventory and you're a small guy and, and it's hitting the fan, it's not fun. <laughs> so I remember one month I wrote almost $100,000 worth of checks and none to me. And then I go to a job site, I see a guy painting a soffit. I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm, 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 putting the, I'm putting on the third coat. I said, we don't need to coat the paint three times. Get off your ladder, pack up, you're out. I kept the best crew that I had at that time, two people, my friends Arnold and Pat, and they did about 150 rehabs before they retired. Um, but it's really important to have that rainy day fund and have the people that you know, like, and trust who are doing the work for you. Sure. Uh, and now there's going to be you know, more people that are going to be eager to work and get back to work. So there's going to be a cleansing. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's going to be, you know, we're going to go from survival back to thrival in just a short amount of time. It's, I, I hope it is not going to be as bad as 08. What are you doing? Uh, you know, when I look at 2008 a little bit differently. I mean, when you look at 08. Well, you were a teenager. You know, uh, <laughs> no, I, I was. Oh! <laughs> I was. So, yeah. literally, like, talk about your rainy day fund. Literally, five, 2013, 14, I said to my stepdad, I'm like, we're coming up on 10 years. Like, should I put money in the bank? Like, at that time, I was, like, very concerned. And he's like, yeah, we're coming at 10 years. Like, you never know. And like, yeah, here we, we are. Like 
Nobody saw this coming. No, I mean, you know, listen, I mean, you know, there are people that predicted that there are viruses and all these different things, but, you know, you know this effect on the, uh, the global economy where everyone is affected. Yes. Um, it's, yeah. It's just crazy. You know, um, you know, but when you look at it, you also look at, you know, as a, as a broad scope, when you're going in and um, looking at investments and, and doing these things, you know, you have a rainy day fund, but you also, you know, what are you doing for the preparation of when we come out of this? What are you personally doing? Great question. You know, looking from an investment point of view. So, you know, um, I know you did the, you know, you're looking at, you know, making your uh, tenants happy. Right. Um, and, you know, if they need assistance. Right. Um, and, but what are you doing in local? So there's, there's still a lot of money on the sidelines ready sure. to pounce. Now, as you know, the, the auctions are closed, so we can't buy at auction. Um, Sorry, there are going to be a lot of, yeah, <laughs> there, there are going to be a lot of opportunities down the road. Um, and when's that road? When you, when you, I mean, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but you know, like, so here's, here's what I'm, what do you, spe- here's, here's what I think. And I'm, again, I'm talking specifically South Florida. Yeah. 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 So I say we have obviously another month of pain, real pain, April pain. And then we have, you know, the rest of the year, you know, six, seven months to shape this recovery. Let's just hope by season, November, December, things are really back to humming. And remember, people are gonna come down, they're gonna be tired in New York, New York's gonna be, you know, get me out of here, I can't handle this anymore, I don't want this. Uh, I don't want the crowded subways, I don't want the, you know, the state tax. Um, This will create a buying up buying frenzy, I believe, and I may be wrong. But let's just say within South Florida, there are going to be opportunities because the, for, the foreclosures are gonna ramp up. Are the opportunities now or are the opportunities in a couple months? Or? I, I see opportunities now. I mean, look, I've, I've got a billboard and I've got marketing that I'm doing. Um, I'm closing on a purchase. I just found out public service announcement, city of Pompano Beach, there was some corona situation that uh, happened, and if you're looking for lean searches, um, you're stuck for a little while, unless it was prior to March 22nd. Um, the title underwriters are slower because you know they're short staffed now, so the, I think it's going to slow down a little bit. But you know, cash is always king and queen. Right. So if you've got money, there's opportunities that are going to be happening, and it's happening now. I mean. A lot of wholesalers, it's going to be the cleansing of the wholesalers. Yeah. Shout out to my friend Jim Van Dyke because he, he got it. He just tuned in. So, hey, Jimmy, good morning. <laughs> so, uh, Jimmy uh, came to the Boca Real Estate Investment Club 20 years ago, focused on wholesaling. Jimmy will outlive them all because of Jimmy's business model and uh, Jimmy's got the right clients and, and, and buyers. He knows his buyers. He knows what they want. And uh, he'll be able to hang in better than anybody. Um, so those that have weathered the storms before, I always say we come back stronger. I remember 08, it was very, very painful for me. I saw a lot of pain from a lot of people that were even way more successful than me. Um, and at one point I thought, you know, maybe I should hang this up. And I just, one day I flipped the switch and said, no way. I'm going to come back stronger and I'm going to learn my lesson. And I am better prepared for this than I was for 08 because 08, you know, okay, when is this going to end? It started in 07. And there we are in 08, 09, and oh, like, whoa. Yeah, you're like, I mean, it, so, it, it, it look, was a, whether it was a, really a 
four year, three and a half, four yeah, year. Yeah, but there were also opportunities. Pain. No, there was. But you yeah. know, it, it happens is, and I think you're right. You become tunnel vision. You can't see the light. Mm-hmm. You're in that. You're in it, and you're like this. Like you said, when right. is this ever going to end? You think it's never going to end, right? You now, know? now yeah. today is different because today you know it's temporary. Now you yes. may the it might I have still a temporary new normal, right? It might have lasting effects, right? Yeah. Obviously, it probably will, especially with uh, the way technology, you know, is advanced. The way that um, you know people, you know, is sixty five plus that are using technology right. because they're forced to. They're right. using Zoom. I mean, you know, I, I, I uh, saw something uh, the other day that you know there are more sixty five plus on Zoom right now than there are sixty five and under. Like, like crazy stuff. So when you're looking at that, you know, they're going to embrace technology or whatever. But we are better prepared for those that have gone through 2008. For those that haven't, I'm sorry because yes. you don't understand it. Yeah. But the people that have gone through 2008, we are significantly more prepared I to take this. I 100% agree with that. And so I'd like to just add that it's really important um, from a mindset standpoint that you stay sharp um, turn out, tune out the negative, the negativity. Tune out the noise. Uh, focus on what you can do to keep yourself safe. And I'm just going to share a couple things that I've done. Sure. And it's you know for me, and I can self quarantine and do all these things. So I'm a car guy. So I can take a car out for a drive. I love that. It gives me peace. You know, I can drive topless. That's convertible. Um, <laughs> you know, which I did. And like. This weekend, I replaced two batteries in two cars. I haven't had the time to no, do it. No, no, one, no one wants to see me topless. You know, uh, <laughs> ditto, you know. Uh, when, when we can do the lack of social distancing, you and I will be driving topless together. I'm in. Okay? Um, and, uh, you know, I can walk the beach because I live on the beach. And that I'm very grateful for that. And I don't take it for granted either. Um, cooking more home-cooked meals. I, I found out a way, and if my friend Anthony Krupe is watching, I found out a way to do, like, you know, and you create. You open up your mind to creativity. I'm walking on the beach, I'm collecting shells. I'm not an art. My son's an artist. I'm not an artist, but I'm going to do a shell project. But I had this great idea, you know, two-buck chuck. I, I poured a bottle of two-buck chuck, which is three bucks, from Trader Joe's into a pot. I boiled the pasta in the Cabernet and then put an arrabbiata sauce on it, and it was unbelievable. So I, be creative. Now's the time to explore creative. Do projects. Get engaged. I play music. I can go to my, my uh, man cave and play drums all day long by myself. So I started things reading like again. That. Reading. I'm reading Caroline's book. Took a book, book out. Capitalism. And I love book capitalism. An actual book, and I took a. I'm like reading a book. Like <laughs> you know, it's it really old I mean, school. When you, yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, you know, you know, listen to it. So, you know, we talk about cleansing, but, you know, we also talk about Mother Nature as a way of, you know, just reminding us things that are important, things that are and putting us in perspective. And when you're looking at, you know, um, we've kind of lost our way over the, over the years where we've been distracted by the noise and the overwhelming um, amount of information. And, you know, I could say that most of us have kind of tuned out the news now. We don't want to, oh, we don't yeah. want to see the news. Quite honestly, we don't see a lot, we don't want to see a lot of social media. Right. You know, unless you're on Breakfast with the Broke or Facebook. <laughs> you're, you're, you're Bam! Not gonna see <laughs> no, but I mean, most people don't want to go on Facebook. Why? Because there's, 
a thousand negative posts in one positive. Turn out the noise. You know, and the other it's thing so is, you know, noisy. you know, it, that, uh, and also my faith grounds me. So mm-hmm. I, I, I want to stay as grounded as possible. But I also, you know, and I also laugh a lot. And, you know, we're having a good time doing this. Sure. It's not all doom and gloom. We're going to get through this. Yes, it's going to be tremendously painful. Never mind the, the financial pain, but the, the emotional pain of um, someone I know just lost their grandmother. She's here. Uh, she's the cantor of my synagogue, Mom DeFishman. And, you know, she can't be with her grandmother who raised her. And, she, you know, they can't get a minion. It, it's just... I mean, you can go uh, through these... Uh, all these I mean, stories. Really, really bad stories. Yes. You know, you know the people that are going to really lose during this? Are the people that should lose. The people that don't do things the right way. Yep. Don't give back to their community. Yep. You know, um, are unorganized and not prepared. Right. You know, um, those people. Harsh reality. You know, um, have bad character. You know, um, bad integrity. Yeah. Those are the people we, that are going. We talked to about lose. this before we got on the air. Listen, you need your people. You need the people that support you for for all these many many years. You need those people to be with you when you get out of this, right. because those are the people so that true. are going to help prop you up. So on that, I met. Uh, was fortunate enough. Uh, and, you know, I'm not talking religion or politics, but I was fortunate enough to meet Rich DeVos through my friend Frank McKinney. And, uh, you know, Rich is no longer with us, but when we met, he, he mentioned something that was really powerful. And he said, you know, tell the people, love you, and spread the love. And um, that is really important. It's really important to let people that you know and love, let them know that you love them and you care about them. And, uh, you know, I spoke to uh, my good friend from high school, one of my greatest friends, Dean Borg, who was on the show. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the market. We talked about, you know, I loved his mom. Uh, his mom is a year you know, ago that she passed. And, uh, you know, I, I ne- would never forget his, his mom. And, you know, you have to convey these thoughts and these feelings, because now is the best time to do that, to reconnect and connect every day with somebody who can make you feel good. If you're not feeling good, you know, call, make that call. If you want business advice, I'm sure not only would you help your, your own agents, but you're going to help people in the community because that's who you are. Sure. And surround yourself with good people. Oh, yeah. You're only as good as the people around you and you, you're surrounded by it. Yeah. And by the way, on that note, I, at this point in my life... You know, I made this decision some time ago. I do business with people I know, like, and trust, period, end of the story. If my gut tells me something, I'm going with my gut. I've, I've shut down deals, you know, like lending on the day of closing because just something wasn't right. And right now, I'm being extra careful because people are desperate. And in desperate times, people do desperate things. And as much as I want to help them, I have to pull back, use my mind, and use my head, not my heart. And, and say, okay, let's make an intelligent business decision. Yeah, one of the things my father has instilled and taught me is that, you know, people that are in um, desperate situations um, are going to be significantly better salespeople than you will ever be. <laughs> you know, so as far as manipulating tactics, creative, you know, their first priority is their family and not you. And you have to understand that going into a conversation. So even if you have a friend or an agent or what have you, and they're coming to you, you know, they're they're coming to you to 
to gain an advantage, regardless of. I mean, you could be good friends or whatever, right. but they're, you know, if they're desperate, they need to gain that advantage. Yeah, you have to be very careful. You have to be very careful on a, on a you know, on a broad base, you know, for your own personal security. Uh, you know, I told my my staff keep the door locked. There's signs, there's signs saying that we're an essential business from Steve Mnuchin, and that our office is closed. Um, you know. If we need to see people, it'll be on a very select basis. Uh, but we're operating. Sure. We're operating under the new normal. Yeah. No, and it's, you know, listen, this is, again, it's temporary. You know, we're going to um, we're gonna do everything we can to be, you know, as the real estate industry, you know, went into this, we're going to be better for it. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a better real estate market coming out of it, regardless of whatever that better means to you. Um, so... Going back to landlords, because I think, you know, a lot of people, we, sometimes we, you know, we talk a lot about residential real estate. We talk somewhat, some about commercial real estate, you know, um, but, you know, those individual, you know, you own individual units typically, right? You're, right. Not, you're not owning a multi-tenant typically. Um, so when you're buying these individual units, what are you doing to, you know, on a daily basis? You know, is your routine the same before COVID-19? As it is now, are you um, still trying to locate properties? So, the buying machine is always open for the right deal. Now, I'll give you my formula. It's pretty easy. And I don't want to sound greedy, but I stick to my policy and procedures. If I violate them, I'm only doing myself harm. Sure. So, after all these years, I've learned to stay uh, strictly to... You know, there could be exceptions, but strictly to this formula. I have people that approach me all the time. Hey, it's, you know, it's a six, seven, eight cap, whatever. That's not good enough for me. I have to have at least a 10 cap for it to make sense. So the easy way of doing the math is, for instance, the property I closed on um, two weeks ago yesterday, I bought that from Joe for, I think, 130 I rented it for 1300 Get it? Yep. The property I bought from you uh, for fifty-five, maybe I have total invested in it over the years sixty-five, maybe seventy. That I'm renting also for probably thirteen or fourteen hundred, give or take. And that works. It works really well. Can I have that back? <laughs> <laughs> now, friends, I know. Come on. I'm desperate. <laughs> so uh, you know, and I stick to that formula. Now, what I always tell people is always have an exit strategy. Let's say you're buying something to wholesale, it doesn't wholesale, then retail it, it doesn't retail, then lease it or lease option it. There's always some creative way to get around a deal, but at the end of the day, when people call me and say, hey, I want you to fund this deal, or do you want to buy this deal, it's gotta make sense, and it's gotta make sense today. So if you wanna be very, you know, very ultra conservative, I always say, you know, 65% of the after repair value. So for instance, if you wanna reduce it to the ridiculous, Property is worth two hundred thousand. You should not buy it for more than one hundred and thirty thousand. If you want to be extra careful, make it sixty percent now. But when I analyze, when I underwrite, especially loans, let's just say um, I'm looking at the comps. I'll throw out the highest comp. I'll throw out the lowest comp, and I'll take all the middle and average it. Even Marshall Sklar uses this technique that I taught him, and that's the market. Now, if you want to just be conservative and be safe. Slash that by 10%. Right. So if the average market is 200, slash it by 10%, it's 180. 
um, and and make your buying decision that way, uh, and you should be fairly safe. But you got to make sure it's rented. Now, when people came to me, this is a caveat, and this is now coming true. People came to me with an Airbnb model. I'll throw that out the window because the Airbnb model is a failed model for landlords. All these people that bought on Airbnb and now are stuck because they can't rent it, they have to convert those to annual rentals mm -hmm. at a fraction of the price. Sure. And they're going to get hurt. A lot of them will get hurt. So, I, you know, you have to do this. They bought them on, you know, they bought it when, you know, whether it was realtors or whoever was advising them, they bought it and, oh, I'm going to get a 30% cap. Correct. You know? Correct. <laughs> so, you know. And now they're getting a 3%. <laughs> yes, yeah, from, from 30 to 3. Yeah. I don't like that kind of thing. So, um, you know, there are people that are going to get hurt in that sector. There are people, and I've been saying this, that there is going to be the um, private equity bubble because they bought a lot of properties and now they're stopped. They stopped buying a while ago and now they're selling because, you know, um, so there's going to be a little opportunity within, you know, from those hedge funds that bought a lot of property, I sure. think. So there are going to be more opportunities as we go through, especially when the summer is hitting. Um, people are still in recovery mode. Um, you know, we're in July, August, and uh, there there will be opportunity. But be very careful. You know, yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta price in sort Correct. of the uh, you know we, you never want to buy on potential, right? Correct. You never want to buy on potential. You want to buy on actual. Yeah. But you also, if it's in a declining market, you know, or there are. Um, external factors that will maybe push it a little bit down in the declining market. You got to be prepared for that and, and price yeah. that in. And there are also, you know, other circumstances that uh, could be compensating factors. For instance, I did a loan uh, out in Bell Glade, and it's for a guy, you know, the Reverend A.C. Evans. The guy's been in real estate since 1955. Everybody knows him. He's got a he's got his network there. So sure, I'll loan him 40 grand on a property in Belgley that will rent out for a thousand or so. I'm happy to do that kind of loan, but uh, I'll take a second to plug private equity funding, mm -hmm. 954-500-LOAN. Yeah. And uh, we're funding investment deals on that. That's our model. Mm -hmm. So people need money. We are still funding. And on a cash out refi, by the way, this is where I've changed my guideline a little bit. I'm going to wait. Why do you need this money? What are you going to do with the money? Mm -hmm. So I'm postponing those till April 15th right? as a guideline just to see what's going on. If somebody's desperate for money, they want to close now. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. I never liked hurry up and close. Right. There's always going to be a little flag on a hurry up and close type of deal. Sure. So, so um, question. Yeah. Um, so when he says, when you said if you buy something for 130 grand, you rent it for 10%, 1300 are you not taking into account taxes? Insurance and HOA. Still cash flows. Whoa, HOA. I never said HOA. <laughs> I don't like HOAs for rentals. I don't like condo commandos for rentals because I don't want people telling me what to do. So, in other words, if you're... So, a, you'll flip a condo, but you may not rent a condo. Correct. It, I'm, it, I'm it, totally... Like, yeah. your first priority won't be, you oh, know, no. listen, if you can't sell it, whatever, you may, you may uh, venture uh, into it. Let me tell you. Part. I'll give you an example. Sure. You can buy a cheap condo in Century Village, right? Right. But you're going to pay three or four hundred in condo fees. Right. So you're not going to make any real money unless you're stealing the condo. Um, but then you have all the, the rules and the restrictions. And yeah, the, even if you got it for free, though, you yeah. can make four hundred or three, so, four hundred dollars. So the bottom line is, I don't like 
rentals and HOAs or condo associations because they um, they restrict me and I don't like to be restricted. Right. I like okay. to drive topless and not be restricted. <laughs> <laughs> no, that works. You know, um, you know, the Boca Raton Investment Club, right? So, uh, you know, you have a lot of Boca real estate investment. Thank you. It's okay. Yeah, Boca real estate. It's okay. Sorry. Boca real estate. Yeah. It might need that, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Look at that. Okay. Uh, the Boca Real Estate Investment Club. So you have a lot of great, um, you know, I mean, you have a lot of great, great groups, but panels. But, uh, you know, one thing in particular, obviously, a, a mutual friend, Marshall Sklar, puts on the uh, the auction stuff. Correct. You know, goes over uh, the classes and, you know, it's a relatively expensive class. No, it's not. Well, expensive up front. I'm sorry. No, no. no I'll tell you why. First of all, Marshall and I did that together. Right. And for the first time in 26 years, we figured out a way to do it and teach it for really a song. And the value, we did a very small, intimate class. We are supposed to meet last night, but because of this, we didn't want to do it virtually. We want, to, we want to do it live, hands-on. So we postponed it. But this kind of opportunity for people who've got cash, you cannot be a courthouse investor without cash. Right. Because I can't do a hard money loan because I have no collateral. Right. You know, it takes a while to get the CT. So... This class, you know, Marshall and I have worked our asses off to make it so that we're delivering so much content and so much value. Let me tell you something. We, we offered it for five grand. You go out and there's going to be a cleansing of all these guys. I've seen people spend not 25, not 30, 40, 50, 60 grand. They don't get any local information. I'm not in it for the seminars. I'm in it to do business and add value and share. So... People used to ask me, how can you make money on a little hundred, dollars $200,000 house? And I'll explain. It's multiple streams of income. I could sell you the house. I could fund the house. And then I can resell it or rent it. Three income opportunities on one little house. And yes, it's a model that makes money. But I digress. So um, as a courthouse investor... It's always buyer beware, caveat emptor, because there's there's a lot of risk. So you can't just do this and, and kind of throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. But I credit Marshall uh, with, um, you know, really, really going into this and doing a deep dive in it. So thanks for that shout out. No, I, I think it's great. You know, I've spoken to Marshall a lot and I can't imagine the amount of value. When I say expensive, you look at... You know, other classes that might be significantly less or even free, but they're not getting the value. You know, you know, cost is only the absolute. Right. By the way, speak, speaking value. of value and speaking of reinventing, um, John Greer, who is the owner of Gold Coast Schools, is a good friend of mine for a long time. And I've been speaking to him regularly. And he just got a lot of stuff approved by the state. And they're functioning. And they're, they were able to reinvent themselves. They have a lot of employees throughout the state. And um, and by the way, if you're a brick member, you get a discount. So join brick. <laughs> yes, five six one three nine one real. That's I'm almost getting like crazy Eddie. Yeah. His prices are insane. <laughs> I used to work there. The heat. Uh, ready? Yeah. All right. So now we're gonna get into. So I used to be a voiceover announcer. So when my, when my kids were young, in the days of one of my idols, Alonzo Mourning, oh, I used to go. At center, from <laughs> Georgetown, number 33, Alonzo! Oh 
Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I actually met him a couple of times. So. Yeah, I was at his book signing. I was at the school that him and now his ex-wife opened. Zoe is one of my, you know, by the way, two great reading recommendations. Zoe's book, Resilience, okay? Um, and Tim Grover's book, uh, wow, I'm having a brain cramp. Um, Rebecca, can you look up Tim Grover? I want to give that. I, that I also have a, a book uh, recommendation um, called Relentless. Relentless. Tim Grover, Relentless. Thank you. <laughs> so, Resilience, Relentless. Yes. And we're going to stay with the R's. Go. Uh, rejection Proof. Oh, who, who did that? Did you write that down? Uh, Jia Zhang. J I A. Rejection Proof. Look up um, 100 Days of Rejection. So what he did, and it's I think okay. I've, I've mentioned this in this before, but rejection proof was he basically um, was rejected most of his life. He was uh, um, he was born in China, I believe. I believe it was China. China. It was either China, you know, it was a uh, Asian country. Um, and when he came over, um, he got all kinds of things. But he came up with this thing where he okay. documented a hundred days of, of rejection. So, like, the first thing he did was go to the building that he's in and ask the security guard who he, he's never met before, any building, right. um, for, to borrow $100. And, you know, the guy said no or whatever. And then, like, he went to Burger King. Oh, no, uh, Five Guys. And he, he ordered a burger and came back up and he said, can I have a burger refill? You know, <laughs> like, and then, and then yeah. it's even crazier. And then it's like, oh, I then, then, then it's like, you know, um, uh, he pulled over a police car. Um, he told the police car to go oh, okay. over. He's like, you know, and he pulled him over and he went to the driver's side and he said, can I drive your car? I always wanted to be a police officer. <laughs> and the guy loved him. Really? Uh, my favorite one of all. My favorite one, he gets dressed up in a soccer uniform and he knocks on the door in Mississippi, remember? Or Mississippi? No, Texas. In Texas, is you know, he's got this big Texas, the guy answers, big burly guy with a Texas uh, Longhorn shirt. He's watching the play, uh, playoff football game and he's he's got a soccer ball, whatever. He's like, you know, there's an Asian kid with the right. big Texas and he's like, um, can I play soccer in your backyard? <laughs> And so what he did is he basically documented all these wow. to show, you know, how he went from really fearful of rejection to embracing rejection. Right. And when we talked initially, our first thing that we talked about was mindset, right? right. We even off there, we talked about self-fulfilling prophecy. In this COVID-19, you know, if you, if you think you're going to get sick and you believe you're going to get right. sick, you know what? Chances are you're going to find it. You better, um, you better beat the fear virus. Yeah. The fear virus, don't let it get to you. And by the way, regarding worry, um, my rabbi David Steinhardt did a great speech about three weeks ago about COVID-19. And he said, 80% of the stuff you worry about doesn't happen. And I went up to him after I said, you're wrong. It's 95%. So stop the worry. Stop the fear. And resolve yourself to dig in and get through it with a positive mindset Yes, there's going to be pain, but it's how you deal with that pain. Absolutely. David, uh, really, really a pleasure um, having you on. Um, I think you got a lot of information. Just to sum it up, you know, uh, Boca, Boca Real Estate Investment Club, uh, 
you know, um, he does a great job with trainings and classes and things like that. Uh, you. But, uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, landlords, you know, what, what to do and how to do it, prepared for the opportunity um, that may be coming, uh, whether it's now or in a couple months. Have your core beliefs and your structure and your plan together before making Absolutely. And, you know, and we even gave you a couple book recommendations. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think we gave it all. We ran the entire gamut. You know, for all those viewers out there, please, uh, please stay safe. Uh, practice your social distancing. Um, you know, hand sanitize. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. All of that that the CDC guidelines are. Uh, you know, really uh, have come out and, and to prevent this. And, uh, you know, lots of love to all of you and the community that watched. Uh, so tomorrow, uh, for realtors out there, we are doing a virtual Zoom mastermind. Uh, love it. And uh, Michael Nathanson actually was uh, the person who said, you know what, we really need to do something because uh, we want to share some ideas on how we're going to be prepared for the opportunity. What are you doing currently to grow your business right now? Not, not you know, yesterday, not uh, tomorrow. But right now, in order to be prepared for the opportunity that is going to arise, because you know this isn't vacation. You know we're we're not on vacation. This isn't right. a hurricane. Right. You know we are making sure that our business is going to be better going out of it than we did coming. And remember, during a hurricane, business stops. Yeah, stops dead cold. Yeah, we're not stopping. No, we are not. We're not. There's no hurricane in the box. And by the way, if anybody <laughs> wants to. Uh, you know, send me a question or two, please email me, david at daviddweck.com. Absolutely. And thank you for the opportunity, David. Oh, thank no. Thank you. Uh, David Dweck, uh, really appreciate it for Signature Real Estate Companies. Ready to sign off. Real Estate Investor. Ready? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Boom. 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 <laughs> I, you know, I always mess that up. Bam. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. Stay safe.